Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at a passage from Numbers chapter 20. This is actually... I'm actually really excited to read and pray and say some things about this this text. It's not not a typical podcast text, uh, which makes me maybe more excited to, to read it to you and share it with you. Now, there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we have, would have died when our kindred died before the Lord. Why have you brought us? Um, Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness for us and our livestock to die here? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to bring us to this wretched place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went away from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. They fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and command the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Thus you shall bring water out of the rock for them. Thus you shall provide drink for the congregation and their livestock. So Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Listen, you rebels. Shall we bring water out for you from this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me to show my holiness before the eyes of the Israelites, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and by which he showed his holiness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Let's try to hear the Holy Spirit today here at Renewing the Center. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to to see uh, what you were trying to teach Moses and Aaron. And we pray, God, that we would be able to today look at our own lives and see where you would be inviting us to grow. Specifically, Lord, where you would be inviting us to do things differently, to listen to you when we're under pressure. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, there is a lot going on here and frankly, a lot that can be said about a passage like this, but I chose it from the daily lectionary because I believe that this moment in the life of Moses, Aaron, and the Israelites is massively instructive for us, specifically when we are under stress. I want to focus today on your response to stress and conflict. See, the story here picks up with the Jews wandering in the wilderness. They are tired, and frankly, they are not cut out for life in the wild. The honeymoon of their deliverance from Egypt has completely worn off. Their journey into freedom is a disaster. Millions of people with nothing to eat and nothing to drink. Now, you can live for, I don't know, 60 or so days without food. You got about three days to go without water of any kind. The people are desperate. There's nothing to drink, and there are millions of them, hordes of them. 
And what we see right now in the story is a kind of um, inflicted helplessness that is now sitting on the Jews' shoulders. Bondage has made them helpless. They do not know how to survive, and they are upset. And one of the things that I think I see here that I resonate with so deeply is that desperate and afraid people, they gather together and their pain magnifies. It doesn't dissipate. It magnifies. And they gather together and the text tells us that they accuse and they quarrel with Moses. And I just want to say this to you. If you have been invited to stand in any leadership position, leading a church, leading a business, leading in a family, leading in friendships. And I would argue that every one of us has a sphere or two where we are invited to stand up and lead, where we're invited to shape and form and influence, to chart a way forward. It doesn't have to be positional leadership. This is just a human thing. We all have been given some level of leadership. If you've been invited to do any leading in your life, you probably know what this feels like, that when people are under stress, um, our best behavior does not typically manifest. You may be experiencing the pressure of this kind of leadership now. See, in Moses' life and Aaron's, everyone is upset and they're afraid. And in an effort to gain, gain some clarity, they blame Moses. So what happens as soon as they blame Moses? Does Moses take them to task and um, go right after them, rebuke them? Nope. The first thing Moses does, and this is really important, he gets this right. The first thing that he and Aaron do is they go away from the crowd and they head to the church. They go to the tent of meeting and they fall on their face before God. Y'all, they do the right thing. When you're confronted with quarreling and cumulative collective stress, the first right thing to do is to go away from the crowd and go toward God to enter into a place of worship and prayer. And that's what they do. Uh, they, they actually engage in right action. They do not tackle the problem head on. They move away from the problem toward God to gain perspective. You, when confronted with stress and quarreling and conflict, are meant initially to move away from the conflict and gain a clear perspective to try to hear what the Lord would say in terms of how to engage it. So when they go away, God tells Moses to do something new and different. See, the last time they were in such a predicament where the people were thirsty and they were quarreling and threatening to kill them and saying, we wish we were back in Egypt. God told Moses to take his staff and to strike the rock. Now he tells him to take his staff and speak to the rock, i.e., God says, don't use the stick like last time. Don't do what you know. Don't do what you've done, but do something different. Engage in a new behavior and trust God in the process. So do you see how the Lord is giving Moses a direction that is close to what he used to do, but it's not identical? He says, take your staff with you, but he says, I don't want you to use your staff. I don't want you to strike. I want you to speak. See, God wants to use Moses to bring provision to the people of Israel, but he invites Moses to listen to him rather than simply doing what he's done in the past, even if what he's done in the past has worked. See, this is where an attitude that says what worked in the past will work again is not the best approach. This season has constituted an invitation for many of us to be willing for God to show us new approaches to the problems that we face. I think that we've got to be willing to see things with a fresh perspective. And so I would just ask you this question. Are you present enough to the Lord and to your life to see with fresh perspective?
Or do we just default to doing what we've always done? So God gave Moses an opportunity to do something new, to do something different than what he has done and to see the way forward. But let's think about what Moses actually does. Moses hears the Lord and then he goes and faces the crowd and then he hits the rock, not once, but twice. He strikes the rock. And I just want to say, this is where Moses messes up, but I completely identify with him. See, when he went away from the crowd, from the agitation, from the conflict, the quarreling, he heard from God. But when he goes back to the crowd and he's confronted with a mob, when he's confronted with dissatisfied and desperate people, he becomes angry and he loses perspective. And you're probably not much different from old Moses. I know I'm not. Sometimes when I'm away, I have perspective. And when I go back, that perspective is tested. And maybe that's where you are right now in a relationship at work or with a friend. Maybe when you're alone, you have perspective. But when you get back into the desperation of the moment, you find that you're leaking perspective. Well, that's precisely what Moses does. When we lose perspective... We're usually losing perspective because we've been confronted with relational tension and conflict that stirs us in a way that makes something anxious come out of us. And that's exactly precisely what happens to Moses. When he loses perspective and he defaults to anxiety, he defaults to what he knows. He goes back to what he knows, which also doubles as a way for him to vent his anger and his frustration. So he hits a rock not once but twice. (laughs) Yikes. Well, here's what happens. God doesn't strike Moses dead. The rock actually gushes water. It's interesting to me that God provides. He provides because he's God, not because he's validating Moses' approach. See, results are not necessarily an affirmation of your approach to stressful situations. Some of you are able to navigate stressful situations because you you have talent, you have skill to do so. But Moses suffers a remarkable consequence for failing to obey. God's not going to keep you from joining the promised land. Acting out in anger is not going to keep you from heaven, from the resurrection. But our sin and anger, it does keep us from experiencing peace and joy in our relationships with God and other people. The Lord wants us to learn to obey in the midst of conflict. He wants us to deal with our sin and our fear. And the only way that you can do this is to have places of quiet and reflection to go away from the crowds and gain perspective, and then have the peace of the Holy Spirit moving into your engagement with stress and conflict and difficulty. See, I believe that one of the great invitations in front of all of us is to learn how to moderate our own anxiety, asking for the Holy Spirit's help. And so, Father, I ask for my friends to experience the goodness of God, the presence of the Lord. I pray that you would give us the grace to say yes to you, God, to trust you with our lives. And I pray, God, that we would trust you even with the places where we feel really triggered, maybe anxious or upset. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression, carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm